Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here and taking time out of your day to listen and grow with God. We pray that God will speak to you and you will experience His amazing love through this message. Let's take a listen. All right, the men's conference was phenomenal. Um, the opening song, the, the, the beginning song, the feature song with Owen Locke doing the guitar solos and the fog geysers coming up and the light show and the fight scenes on the, on the screens. It was just like incredible. So we had a, we had a phenomenal men's night. Uh, Matt Luke shared a very powerful testimony about prioritizing his family over uh, his career. I told y'all Pastor James was gonna, br- was gonna bring the heat. He, he brought a strong message that true greatness comes from serving others and really challenged the men to, to serve Christ and to serve our wife and to serve our kids and to serve uh, in our church. Now, I was super encouraged because so many men brought people with them brought their sons, brought their sons-in-laws, brought their fathers, brought their brothers, brought, brought their uh, you know, family members, neighbors, friends. And so uh, it was a super, super awesome uh, weekend. So uh, we're gonna actually follow up today with, with what James talked about the other night. We're talking about the fourth purpose, which is ministry. It is, it is serving. And so we've been going through uh, Rick Warren's classic book, The Purpose Driven Life. And in the book, he talks about five purposes of every Christian. Uh, week one, we talked about to worship God. That, that's our number one purpose. We wanna please God in everything that we do, and worship is not just singing songs on Sunday morning, but worship is offering our lives as a living sacrifice to God. Uh, purpose number two is fellowship, is loving our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we're to love all people, but we're to especially love those who are brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, Purpose number three is discipleship. It's spiritual uh, growth. It is growing in our faith and becoming more like Christ. As Christians, we want to become more like Christ. Uh, We want to grow closer to him. Uh, We have the small group catalogs in the seats uh, at all of our campuses. And so the best way to grow spiritually is to be in a small group. Rows are, are great, but circles are better, right? So we want to get in these smaller groups uh, to grow spiritually. And if you don't know what group to get in, I would encourage you to start with our discipleship groups. We have men's groups, women's groups. And you, you can start at the beginning with starting points and go all the way through to becoming a multiplying uh, disciple maker. And uh, so today we're talking about the fourth purpose that he talks about in the book, which is ministry. It's serving God and serving his church. So as we talked about last week, we are, we are one big happy family. When you became a Christian, you were adopted into the family of God. God is our heavenly father, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. The church is our home, and God has blessed Greystone. We have, we have three homes, right? We have a Loganville home, we have a, a Monroe home, we have a home out in Bogart, okay? They, these are our homes, and we're to treat each other like family members, and then we welcome guests into our home, and so when new people show up at church, and every single Sunday, every single Sunday, we have brand new people who walk through the doors of the church. We, we want to welcome them just like we're welcoming a guest into our house. And so I wanna remind you, I covered this last week, but I know not everybody was here last week, but it's our job to love and care for the people 
who sit on our row. It's our job to love and care for the people who sit in our section at church. And so if there's someone sitting on your row, someone sitting in your section that you do not know, just as you would welcome someone into your house, you wanna reach out to them and, and, and introduce yourself and, and uh, meet them. We, we talked about the protocol for hugging, but I don't really wanna get into that uh, this early on. And then if somebody is missing, like if a seat is empty, and, we, and most of us sit in the same seat, so I did have some people tell me that they're more utility players and they rotate around the, the room, but most of us sit in the same seats, and so if there's an empty seat, it's our job to reach out to that person who's not here and make sure they're okay and if they need anything. And then we wanna reinstitute the two-minute drill. Do you remember what the two-minute drill is? The first two minutes after the service. We're not talking to people we already know. The first two minutes, we're talking to people that we do not know. We're meeting new people. I had church members last week meet people they'd never met before, and they've both been coming to Greystone for like 10 years. And they sit in the same section, didn't even know each other. So you might introduce yourself to someone, and it may be someone who's been coming for years and years, or, or it might be a brand new person. So since we're a part of the family of God, since we're a part of the church, we all have a work to do. Okay, we have family chores. There are tremendous blessings about being in God's family, incredible rewards. Not only in this life, and Jennifer and I can share with you, like every single day we receive blessings. Every, every day we're blessed. But also blessings and rewards and inheritance for the life to come. And as he talks about in the book, we're not just living for this life. It's not, it's not about 70, 80, 90 years here on earth, but we're living in light of eternity. We're storing up treasures in heaven. And Jennifer and I have been having these huge conversations with God because when God, when at the second coming of Christ, when Jesus comes and he establishes the new heaven and the new earth, we, we're asking him for La Jolla, okay? We wanna be on La Jolla, overlooking the cove of La Jolla, just, just nothing major, not a huge house or anything, but just, just something up on the mountainside there. Go down to Carlsbad, do some surfing in Carlsbad, go play golf, play golf at Torrey Pines, that'll be my home golf course. I'm not sure if this is gonna happen, but this is what we're requesting of God, right? Are y'all awake today? All right, here we, here we go. So I want, I want you to take note of this. With great rewards come great responsibility. With great rewards come great responsibility. We are saved to do good works. We, we are saved to do good works. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are saved by God's grace through faith. We're not saved by our good works. We, we can't earn our way to heaven. We don't get to heaven by being good people. We get to heaven by God's amazing grace. We get to heaven through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. And so, so when, we, when we get to the door of heaven and, and God says, why should I let you into my kingdom? Jesus is going to be standing right next to us and he's gonna say, he's with me. She's with me. Like, like we're getting into heaven because we know Jesus personally. We don't get 
you know, we don't get to heaven by our good works, but we're saved to do good works. Good works that God has prepared for us from the beginning of time. From the very beginning, he knew the work that he had for us. Look at what it says in Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Even before we were born, God had mapped out all of our days. He mapped out our entire life. He created every single one of us for a reason and a purpose, and he fashioned us for that reason and for that purpose. We are shaped to serve God. In the book, The Purpose Driven Life, and, and we're getting into it this week. I'm, I'm ahead of you guys now, okay? So this week, we're gonna read about it. But he talks about in the book that we are shaped for serving God, and he uses the acronym SHAPE. And I put it in your talk notes, but the acronym stands for Spiritual Gifts, Heart, Abilities, Personality, and Experiences. This is how God has shaped each and every one of us. And I want, I want us to, to quickly go through these. First, he talks about spiritual gifts. That's the S of shape. Ephesians 4, 7 and 8 says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So spiritual gifts are also known as grace gifts. By God's spirit, by his grace, he's given us these spiritual gifts, gifts to serve. So we're saved by God's grace and we're gifted to serve by God's grace. And then, then in verses 11 and 12 of Ephesians chapter four, he talks about the five-fold ministries of the church. And we wanna have all, all of these ministries represented in the church. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. And so in the body of Christ, we all have different roles in the church according to the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And so he's gifted every single one of us to do something specific within the body of Christ. These are known as spiritual gifts. We receive spiritual gifts at salvation. And so when you commit your life to Jesus Christ, when you, when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Bible says you're born again. He breathes the Holy Spirit in you. And when the Holy Spirit comes in us, the Holy Spirit comes bearing gifts. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift, and most of us have a combination of gifts. And so these spiritual gifts are given, and we're to use them to glorify God, to serve in his church, and to further his kingdom. 
And so if you wanna, if you wanna go deeper into spiritual gifts, you can study these for yourself. Ephesians chapter four, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. Some people list as many as 27 different spiritual gifts. Uh, I've listed out 21, I'm, I'm just gonna name them uh, very quickly. Uh, here, we, here we go. Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, discernment, apostleship, administration, evangelism, shepherding, hospitality, intercession, and healing. And so the spiritual gift that we have or the combination of gifts that we have determine where we serve in, in, in the church. They help determine the type of work that God wants us to do. And so you may, you may have a combination of gifts. Let's say you have the combination of mercy and shepherding. So you might get involved in a benevolence type of ministry, caring for the needs of others. Ministries like special needs and treats, caring, caring for the needs of, of, of special uh, adults. Uh, or, or getting involved with, with Southeast Gwinnett Co-op or the Fish or City of Hope out in Athens or the care team. You know, we have a care team at the church that anytime someone loses a loved one, anytime someone's in the hospital, anytime someone's battling cancer, like we have this care team that comes around, we do these meal trains, uh, and we care for people. So that might be a ministry for you. If, if you have the spiritual gifts of knowledge and teaching and prophecy, then you, then you might get involved in some type of in-depth Bible study, teaching a class, leading a small group, those types of things. Maybe you have the gift of hospitality, and, and so you love to, to welcome people in your home, and you could host a small group, or, or in a couple of weeks, we're having our surge weekend where all the, all the students are rallying here, and they're staying in, in different homes, and so maybe you would be a host home for, for some of our, our student ministry. Uh, Jennifer and I are a host home for the senior girls. They were at our house last year. I think they wanna come back to our house again because we have a hot tub, and they like getting in the hot tub. Pastor Jay's not getting in the hot tub with, with the girls. Um, so we wanna have all the spiritual gifts represented at Greystone Church. So, so we need every single person using his or her gifts. Do you know your spiritual gifts? Are you using them to serve God and to serve his family? And so you can discover your gifts. So you know, there, there's a gifts test I, I put on the outline there, spiritualgiftstest.com, takes about 10 minutes. That's one way to, to find your spiritual gift. But really the best way to determine your spiritual gift is just to get involved in serving. Start serving in different areas of ministry and see what God does. Does it go well, does it not go well? Does he, does he bless it, do you enjoy it? Do you see the fruit of your labor? Like, are you seeing some results? It'll help you determine your spiritual gift. So the, so the first thing is spiritual gifts. The second thing is heart. This is what you're passionate about. This is what makes you jump up and down with joy and excitement. This is what makes you pound the table in frustration. Right, Proverbs 27, 19 says, as water reflects the face, so one's, one's life reflects the heart. So God is the one who created us and made us, and we all have different things that we're passionate about. See, the things that I'm passionate about may not be the things that you are passionate 
about. So some of the things that I'm passionate about, teaching God's word, right? I'm passionate about the truth of God's word. I'm passionate about evangelism. I'm passionate about discipleship. I'm, I'm passionate, passionate about church planting. But see, some of you might be passionate about, you know, singing worship songs or prayer or women's ministry or caring for orphans or foster care or the sanctity of life or caring for widows. Maybe you're passionate about student ministry or children's ministry or the study of eschatology. Or maybe you're passionate about FCA or NG3 or food ministry or social justice or politics or protecting women and children from domestic violence or disaster relief or missions or prison ministry or ministering to the poor. See, see we, all, we all have different things that we are passionate about. That's, that's how God made us. And one is not better than the other. One is not right. One is not wrong. And just because all, I mean, I think we would agree all of these things are important, but it doesn't mean that we have to do all of these things. See, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. That's the beauty of the church. We are all unique and different, and God can use us, every single one of us, to fulfill his purpose and his plan. And you really wanna serve God in ministry in an area that you're super passionate about. Because when you serve God in an area that you are super passionate about, it doesn't feel like a family chore. It doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like labor. It's exciting, it's fun, it's satisfying. It, it brings joy into your life. And so what are you passionate about? What makes you jump for joy? What makes you pound the table? And how can you serve God using your passion? All right, the A is abilities. Now these are different than spiritual gifts. See, spiritual gifts we receive at salvation, but abilities... These are natural God-given abilities that we receive at birth. Like, like we are born with certain abilities and certain talents. And every, everyone has a lot of different abilities. And so Rick Warren says in the book that each of us has around 500 abilities. Now I have joked in the past that I counted up how many abilities I have and I could only come up with 499. <laughs> so I don't think Rick Warren knows what he's talking about. He says we all have about 500 abilities. Uh, Exodus 31. Jo Joel and I, my son and I, are reading through the Bible in a year, and we, we've been laboring through the end of Exodus, and now we're in Leviticus. <laughs> that's, a, that's some tough reading, right? That's, that's some tough reading. But, but as I was reading this week, Exodus 31, this jumped out to me. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the spirit of God and given him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. So just some context of, of Exodus 31, God has come to Moses and he's given, he's given him great detail on building the tabernacle and how he should go about building the tabernacle, building the, the house 
of God. And he gives him this great detail and he says, but don't worry, I have gifted Bezalel. He is a master craftsman. He knows how to do all of these things and he can actually train other people to help in doing all of these things. When I look across our church at all, all of our campuses, I see a lot of people who are like Bezalel, gifted in so many ways. See, some of you are gifted and skilled with your hands and you can build things. And some of you are incredibly creative. You are artists. Some of you are musically inclined. You can play instruments and dance and sing. Some of you can play sports. Some of you are great communicators. Some of you are great thinkers. Some of you have incredible people skills and your emotional intelligence is off the charts. Some of you can cook and some of you can sew and some of you can decorate and some of you can organize and some of you can lead. Some of you are strong and can lift heavy objects. Some of you are mechanically inclined and you can fix things. Some of you are tech savvy. Some of you are great at marketing and sales. Some of you can coach and teach. Some of you are great at business and making money. And the list could go on and on and on. And God is the one who gave you these gifts and these abilities and these talents. He's the one that has gifted us to do all of these things and he wants us to use our talents and use our abilities to bring him glory and to serve the church and to build his kingdom. Imagine how phenomenal our church would be if every single person was using his or her talents and abilities to serve God and to build his kingdom. What talents and abilities has God given you and how can you use them to serve God and his church? And see, it's in your talents and abilities that you're going to find God's calling on your life, God's specific use for your life. And then P, we get into personality. P stands for personality. God made each of us with a unique personality. You are uniquely you. There is nobody else in the world like you. Believe me when I say that. <laughs> I'm not looking at anyone. God made introverts and extroverts. God made people who like routine and God made people who are spontaneous. God made people who are highly emotional people and God made people who are, who are just super steady. Now, there are all different kinds of temperaments and personality tests. Of course, one of the most famous ones is the Myers-Briggs. It takes a, a, you know, 16 different combinations of introvert, extrovert, sensing, intuitive, thinkers, feelers, perceiving, judging. I believe that I am an ENFP. Jennifer is actually the exact opposite. I mean, well, we're both E's, we're both extroverts, but she is an ESTJ, am I right? Y'all may not know what these ac acronyms mean. Then there's the, the classic uh, temperaments of choleric, sanguine, melancholy, phlegmatic. They've also taken these things and put animals to them. Lion, otter, beaver, golden retriever. You may know which one you are. Uh, the, the, the most popular one these days is, is the Enneagram, which is, is nine different personality types. And I don't have time to get into all those, but my point is we are all unique and different. 
And we can all use our personalities to serve God in his church. And some of our personalities are more suited, you know, out front, like front door welcoming people. And some of our personalities are more behind the scenes type of personalities. And then E stands for experiences. This is the last part of our shape. And in the book, Rick Warren talks about different kinds of experiences. And he talks about we all have a family experience. Uh, where were you born? Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in a, in a small town or in the big city? Do you have a small family or a big family? Were you an only child? Did you grow up in a house full of sisters? Did you grow up in a house full of brothers? Did your parents get divorced? Did you have a, did you have a single parent? Were you a part of a blended family? Did your grandparents live close? Did you even, even know your grandparents? Like all of these family things help shape who we are. He talks about educational experiences. Did you go to public school or private school? Did you go to college or trade school? Maybe you went to the military. What were your favorite classes? What subjects came naturally to you? Then there's vocational experiences. What jobs did you have growing up? What trades do you know? What is your career? What is your side hustle? And then we have spiritual experiences. Did you grow up going to church or, or did you grow up unchurched? What type of church did you go to growing up? Was it a Catholic church? Was it a Baptist church? Was it a charismatic church? A Methodist church, Episcopal church? Were there lots of traditions and rituals? Uh, were snakes involved? <laughs> what about covered dishes? Were you allowed to play cards or dance? Was mixed bathing allowed? The older people will know what I'm talking about. And then we have ministry experiences. Where, where have you served in, in the past? Maybe you served as a deacon or you served as an elder. Or maybe you sang in the choir or you were a Sunday school teacher. Maybe you're a missionary kid or you served in student ministry or on the visitation team or on the care team or on the prayer team. And, and then he talks about painful experiences. Uh, what trials or, or difficulties have you gone through? What hurts or pains have you experienced? Uh, have you been through a divorce? Have you battled cancer? Have you lost a loved one? Uh, have you battled anxiety or depression? Now we can use these painful experiences that we've been through to minister to other people who are going through these same uh, experiences. Uh, one of the examples that, that comes, comes to mind uh, is Wayne Shellnut. Uh, Wayne Shellnut is arguably the, the greatest basketball player in the history of, of Greystone Church. But Wayne battled cancer about 10 years ago. And it completely changed Wayne's life. And now every time he hears of someone in our church who has cancer, he tries to minister to them. He tries to reach out to them. He, he tries to care for them. He tries to help them walk through it because he's been through what they are going through. So God can, can use our experiences for ministry. So this is our shape. We are shaped to serve God. We can look at our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, our experiences to see how God has shaped us to serve him. And the number three is we're set apart for an assignment. We are set apart for an assignment. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before Jeremiah was born, 
God set him apart to be a prophet to the nations. God shaped him for a specific purpose in ministry, and God has done the same with each and every one of us. We have a unique calling in life. God has an assignment for every single one of us. He set you apart to do something that only you can do. Now, in order to illustrate this, I'm inviting out one of our staff members, Josh Frazier. We're gonna bring Josh out. Let's give Josh a hand. What's up, my man? What's up, dude? So, Josh is one of our long time, how long have you been on staff? Uh, five and a half years. Five and a half years. And Josh first came to our staff, he was, he was student pastor. Yep. Then you were campus pastor. Yep. And, and Josh is the kind of person, if you know Josh Frazier, you love Josh Frazier. Let me, let me just tell you, he has been a joy, a joy to work with. And all these people have been asking, asking me, who is our new worship pastor going to be? And as I'm looking at Josh's shape, his spiritual gifts, his heart, his ability, his personality, his experience, and, and the journey that God has brought him on, I'm saying, is it not obvious that God is calling Josh Frazier to do this? So I wanted to officially announce that, that Josh is our new worship pastor, all right? Mom, I made it. Yes. He's also campus pastor, right? So he, he's got this hybrid role. Of course, Mark Hanley is on staff now, and Mark's taken on some of Josh's responsibilities to free him up Thanks, Mark. Uh, for worship. So jo uh, Mark's leading small groups and, and some other things. So let's, let's talk about this calling on your life and, and how God kind of brought you to this, to this place. So uh, he kind of alluded a little bit to it. Some of you guys may or may not know I have a music degree. Uh, I got a bachelor's degree in music and, um, and I led worship for many years. Um, and, uh, and then through God's design, right, God allowed me to kind of step into student ministry for many years and uh, kind of music just kind of went away, right? That talent I thought I would never, ever, ever, ever use again. We would, we would lead worship like in my house sometime with the girls. I'd pull up my guitar and they'd get them to sing. Um, my little seven-year-old knows how to belt. Just, I mean, just, you know. Um, and so student ministry, campus ministry, and then when the time came, transition happened, I just, I just volunteered as tribute. I kind of was like, hey, I'm, I'm here. If you're willing, uh, I would love to just help, you know. And then very rusty uh, in my mind. But then as I think God speaks through his word, and we've talked about this. I think God speaks through his word, but also God speaks through his church. And so there's been many of you who have been come up to me and just said, wow, you know, really enjoying it. And so that has helped build confidence. And, and, um, and so when I was a student pastor, going back to something you just mentioned, Jonathan, about us being the body of Christ, I used to joke as a student pastor. I wasn't a dad at the time, but this is what I used to say. I used to be a, like a pinky, but now I'm like a toe, you know? So like, <laughs> I'm just thankful to be a part of the body of Christ. Thank God that he gives us those abilities and he wants us to use those abilities. And it's amazing to know, I'll, I'll land here, I don't know what else, what else you wanna ask, but it's amazing when you walk around with your heart and your hands just wide open, walking around, Jesus, use me. I don't care what it is, I'll do it. Well, I think as we're talking about this point that, that God sets us apart for different assignments at, at different times in our lives. Right. And, and this, is, this is what God has led you to at this 
at this time in your life. And it's an honor, I, I, I know Josh so well, so for him leading us in worship and having a pastor leading us in worship and you have such a, such a pastor's heart, um, it, it's a very special time. It's amazing for me. Yeah, I, want, I do want to share really quick this, uh, just specifically to the Loganville campus. Uh, if any of you are interested in worship, uh, singing, playing band, production, anything like that, uh, if you're interested in that, we're going to do an audition here soon. Uh, if you're interested, put that on the communication card. And we'll follow up with you. So love, love to beef up the team. Is there a need for the rain stick? There will be an audition date. Uh, put your information on the communication card. That's yeah. the one instrument I can play. He, he brought and, it out uh, during the men's conference. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, during the rehearsal of that big mashup song, I came out on stage with the rain stick, but you couldn't hear it. He kind of went Pentecostal, you like walking around with the rain stick. It was, you couldn't hear it, it so I, just, I was going to be led by the Spirit, but I, <laughs> I felt led to stay in my seat. <laughs> hey, let's give, let's give Josh a big hand. So. Su- super excited about Josh, I mean, Josh is the kind of guy we're so honored to have on the Greystone team. So let me ask you, how has God shaped you? As you look at your spiritual gifts and your heart and your abilities and your personality and your experiences, what has God set you apart to do? What's your unique calling? What, what, is, what, what, is he, what is he leading and calling you to do? So, so in, in the church family, we all have roles and we all have responsibilities, right? And in, in the church family, you, you can't stay a house guest for long, right? Because if you stay a house guest too long, you kind of you wear out your welcome, right? I mean, when everybody in the family finds a place to serve. What is it that God is calling you to do? We wanna see people get out of the stands and into the, into the game. He has set you apart for a specific assignment. Ephesians 4, 16 says, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, listen to this, as each part does its work. And so the church is just like the human body, we all, we all have, you know, Josh mentioned it, you know, a toe or, a, you know, a, a knee or an arm or a mouth or, you know, we all have different parts of our body and the church has different parts, different roles, different responsibilities. Are you doing your part? Are you fulfilling your role? Are you, are you doing what God has called you to do? I love the parable of the talents. Uh, Matthew 25, and, and Jesus tells this story uh, about these three guys, and he gives you know, five talents to one, three, three talent, uh, two talents to one, and one talent to one. God has given us all different talents and different gifts and different abilities and different resources. You know, Some of us are five talent people, some of us are two talent people, some of us are one talent people. It doesn't, it doesn't matter which one we are. What matters is, are we being good stewards of the talents that God has entrusted to us? And I love at the, at the end of this, this parable where Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. When we get to the end of our lives and life goes quick, life goes super, super quick. 
When we get to the end of our lives, will we hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant? He has saved us to do good works, he has shaped us to serve him, and he has set us apart for a specific assignment. Are you doing what God has gifted and called you to do? Are you serving God? Are you doing your part to grow and build God's family? So the application is very simple today. I wanna encourage everyone in all of our campuses to pull out your talk notes. Go ahead and pull them out now. If you you got them, go ahead and pull them out. At the bottom of your talk notes, there's a communication card, and I wanna encourage you to, to, to tear this off, okay? The admin team's getting really nervous right now because whenever, whenever I do something like this, it puts a lot of work on them. We may have to order lunch tomorrow. But we want every single person to take this out. I want you to write your name on it and your email address, okay? Your name and your email. If you're already serving, on the back, if you're already serving, I just want you to write, I'm already serving, and then write what area of ministry you're serving. So we have some new leadership and new staff, and we wanna make sure uh, you know, everybody's where they need to be, right? And so if you're already serving, just write, I'm already serving, and maybe write, write the areas of ministry. If you're not currently serving and you want to serve, you wanna volunteer, just write on the back, I would like to serve. And if you'd like to do that, we're gonna, we're gonna email you the link that has our serving sheet. And you can sign up to serve. And on the, on the, we have needs everywhere. Listen, little insider information here. Our church has grown 30% in the last three months, okay? So, so God is moving, like the church is growing. Lives are being changed. People are crashing the waters of baptism, right? So we need more volunteers, we need more, we, we have 30% larger, so we need 30% more volunteers. And we really need everyone to serve. We need every single person to find your place of service. And so you just write on here, I would like to serve. We'll send you the survey, we'll send you the, the online, and it gives you the list of everything we need from the, from the parking lot to greeters to ushers to coffee to band to uh, you know, to the kids area, student ministry, missions, care team, you name it, prayer team. And then you can pray about it. And you can look at your own shape. Okay, well, how has God gifted me? And what are my experiences? And what are my abilities? And what, what, you know, what, what is he leading me to do? And then you can fill out the form, turn it in. One of our campus pastors, one of our staff will follow up with you and get you plugged in. I mean, our goal and the purpose of this So we want every single person serving. We wanna help you find your place of service. We wanna help you find your ministry. Every member at Greystone Church is a minister, right? We we wanna help you find your place of service to do your part. I said this earlier, but imagine how incredible it would be if every single person was using his or her gifts and abilities to glorify God and build the church and to expand the kingdom of God, it would be a phenomenal thing. And when we get to the end of our lives, we wanna hear God say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much that you have 
uniquely gifted every single one of us. God, even before we were born, you, you, you had our lives mapped out before you. And you've given every single one of us certain gifts and abilities and talents. God, you've given us spiritual gifts, you've given us hearts and, and a passion. And even the experiences in our lives have shaped who, who we are. The good ones and, and the difficult ones and the, and the challenging ones. And God, I pray for each person in our church at all of our campuses, even online, that we would find your call for our lives. You would find, we'd find the assignment that you have for us in this season of life, in this season of ministry. We, we don't want our talents on the shelf being wasted. But God, we, we wanna bring them to you. We wanna be good stewards of everything that you have entrusted to us. God, this life goes so quick, and I'm so reminded of that this week as, as we've had uh, a few people lose loved ones. Life is short. Life is brief. And at the end of our lives, God, we want to hear those words. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We look forward to connecting with you. We hope you have an amazing day and we'll catch you next week.